Freedom Experience Zone Radio. They called me down, but he says I'm free. Free your mind now. Freedom Experience Zone Radio. Welcome to Freedom Streams, brought to you by Freedom Express Ministry, Makindia Kampala, Uganda. These teachings express the triune God in His Word as life to impart, light to shine, grace to enjoy, and truth to realize. And now, let's listen to Pastor Dennis Matunga. Praise the Lord and hallelujah everywhere you are. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in on Freedom Experience Radio. Enjoy music as you enjoy Christ. This is uh, one of the uh, number one radio in Africa that is most listened. And we thank you because you are part of those listeners that are listening this radio. Your listenership is increasing and is supporting us as you continue to uh, hear and listen our radio. This is Pastor Dennis from uh, Freedom Experience Ministry in Kampala, Uganda. And uh, we are here back with our Freedom Streams program whereby we take you into the Word of God, the Word of life, the Word of light, the Word of grace and reality for your enjoyment. We want to see that God is manifested in the Word of, of the Lord as we share different scriptures. We, we want to make the Bible alive. We want to make the scriptures living in our lives for the glory of God. Hallelujah. And today we have come to... Uh, we have come to share again in the word of life and this time we have a wonderful theme that is what is the house of God we are going to talk about the house of God uh, several people all of, all, of, all of us we normally hear this statement the house of God and sometimes we think it is the church the, bu- the building it is um, maybe where people gather from we have got several definitions of the house of God but the question is what is the house of God when we talk about the house of God what does God call his house which is his house yeah, we, we, we want to find out today by the grace of the Lord, Holy Spirit, we thank you for this wonderful moment. I pray that you bless my listeners wherever they are in different countries across the globe. Bless them, Almighty God, as they hear the word, as they ponder on the scriptures. We are going to be sharing the anointing of uh, revelation is upon their eyes and, and the eyes of their understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray you may call your brother, your sister to tune in to share, uh, to listen to this wonderful teaching uh, that is uh, coming all the way from uh, Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. Yes, uh, we are having a question today that says, what is the house of God? What is the house of God? 
Although David's history was fraught with war, you remember that this King David fought several wars and uh, he made a history of wars. But even though his history was so much packed with wars, there came a time when Jehovah, the Lord God, gave him the rest. He gave him rest from all his enemies. One day, David was without battles and he had rested in victory. So, at that time, David expressed his desire to build a house for God. Telling prophet Nathan, he told Nathan in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2, he tells Nathan the prophet, he told him that, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within curtains. Now, you see that David had a concern, and this is the concern all children of God must have to concern, to be concerned about where the, 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 the ark of the Lord is, where the house of God is. How does your church look like? Where you fellowship from to meet God? David was concerned. He says, how come that I'm sleeping well? How come that I'm living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in curtains? In other words, he came to a realization he came to, to himself and said, this cannot be, this is, not, this is selfishness. I can't be in a rich and wealthy place when my where we fellowship from is looking awkward, is looking so bad. So that was a good concern, but that's not our teaching today. We have come to see what was exactly the house of God. What do we call the house of God? So he told the prophet that, see now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within curtains. And God's reply was, Is it you who will build me a house for me to dwell in? God asks the question, For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought the children of Israel up out of Egypt to this day. But I went about in a tent and in a tabernacle in all my going about among all the children of Israel. Did I ever speak a word to any of the tribes of Israel who, uh, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now that is in verse 5 to 7. We see that God replies David with several questions and tells him several things. Uh, and uh, to our surprise, that appeared as if God was not interested for David to build him a house. We are going to find out why, why he did so. Uh, God asked David two questions. The first question is that, are you the one who will build me a house? That's a question. David wants to build for God, uh, for, for a house for God. And God asks him, are you the one he's supposed to build for me? And he asks another question. When did I ever ask someone to build me a house of cedar? Mean that I've never asked, as if I don't need a house built by human hands in simple terms. I've never asked for that. Remember, uh, he says that uh, we see that the answer to these questions, uh, two questions, they give us a clear understanding of what God desires for his dwelling place. In other words, the questions he posed, he posed before, before uh, David, they are a clear uh, understanding to us that God has got a desire for a house, but it is a category of a house. It's a type of house that is maybe not built by human hands. We are going to see in the scriptures. Remember, in Isaiah 66, 
God comes to, to say, he says that, Thus says the Lord, the heaven is my, my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that he built unto me? He's asking for a house. He says, I sit in the heaven as a throne and the, uh, the earth is where I put my foot. It's my footstool. Uh, can you build for me a house? That means that God is so big that human houses that are built for him, he can, cannot contain him. He says that, and where is the place of my rest? That means still that God had not rested in these days of Isaiah. He was seeking a resting place and he had not gotten one. But remember that already the, 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 the Jerusalem had built, they had built the house of God, the temple of God. Solomon built a temple. But we still see in Isaiah, God says, I'm not satisfied. I've not, I have not received a rest. I've not gotten a house yet. That means that, that someone had to build for him a house and uh, uh, that house was to be built in a way that God can contain, it can contain God. Hallelujah for that. Now, God answers his first question to David. He answers him the first question saying, when your days are fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will rise up your seed after you. He mentions the word your seed. I want you to mark that. Your seed after you, which will come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom. In, in it, is the, it is he who will build a house for my name. That is verses 12 to 13 of Second Samuel chapter 7. So, we have seen <clears throat> God answers uh, one of the questions he asked David, he tells him that there is a seed that is supposed to build for me a house. And probably we, or we might all think that maybe Jesus, God was talking about Solomon because he was the, the seed of David. And he, he was the one that built for him a house. He built a temple of the Lord following the instructions of King David. Now, but I want us to draw more close uh, to see what the Lord is implying in this teaching when he says that, what is my house? What is the house of God? David wanted to build a house for God, but God told him that his seed, this time the seed we are talking about is Jesus Christ, his seed. Remember God sometime told Abraham that your seed, you and your seed, Remember God told Adam that your seed, told the woman Eve, your seed. We have seen that God has been coming, uh, t- telling, the people, uh, telling the, his ministers, my seed, your seed, your seed, your seed. And even to David, he says, your seed shall build for me. Christ Jesus is the seed this time. And Christ would be the, the one to build his house. Hallelujah. He's the one to build his house. Yes, it was, it was Jesus Christ that would build uh, a house for God. Christ is the seed of David in his humanity and the son of God in his divinity. That is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verses 13. We have got to know that Jesus Christ is the only seed. Even if God was talking to Eve that your seed shall bruise Satan, he was talking uh, uh, concerning Jesus. Even if God told Abraham that your seed shall, uh, or the, 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 the nation shall be blessed in your seed, he was still talking about Jesus. Even if uh, God is telling David that your seed, 
uh, shall build for me a house still is talking about Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 3, it talks about, uh, it says that concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh that means that according to the flesh jesus is the seed of david according to the flesh that is romans chapter 1 verses 3 then verse 4 says and declared to be the son of god with power jesus is the son of god according to divinity but jesus is the seed of david according to humanity Hallelujah. So Jesus alone he alone is qualified to build god's house Man can, is not qualified. We are not qualified. So this is why Christ said, I will build my church. He says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. He talks about building. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not over, overcome it. Hallelujah. Only Christ can build the church as the house of God. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 13. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15, verses 15, says that, but I tarry, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou owest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now here they are telling us that the church that only Christ can build is the house of the living God, it's the pillar of truth. It is the pillar of truth, the ground of truth. It is the pillar and the ground of truth. Christ builds God's house not by using physical timber, wood, all bricks, stones, but by making his abode with us. I want you to mark this is so important. Christ builds God's house not by using physical timber, not by using physical woods. No. Not by using stones or even bricks. But when Christ is building God's house, he uses his body. He comes and abides with us. He makes his abode with us. Remember, the Bible says so. The second question God asked was, David, I ever speak, did I ever speak a word? Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Verse 7. You see that God is, is asking David, I've never asked for a house because no human being can build me a house. God never spoke this word or indicated that he wanted a house built of cedar. Instead, in the New Testament, we see that Christ builds God's house not by using physical wood, not by using physical, physical timber. By making, but by making his abode with, with us. When Christ abides with us, then we are the abode of God. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 23, If anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, like the way David loved, loved to build for God a house, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come we will come to him and make an abode with him that is john chapter 14 verse 23 jesus says that if we will really love god and we keep his word the father will love us 
and the triune God will come, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they will make an abode. They will make a building. They will make a house. They will abide with Him. That means that the house of God is comp- is is composed of the believers with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Abiding with Jesus Christ, we are abiding in one place as the believer, and our loving God makes God to abide within us, make, makes God to live within us. Hallelujah. So in other words, this John 14, 23 shows us the abode. God is not dwelling in heaven. He said in Isaiah 66, heaven is my throne. That's where I rule from. It's not my house. And when we, sh- we want to build a house, he says, can you build for me a house? Nobody have ever asked to build for me a house of cedar. You ask me that, what about the building, the churches we have? Where we fellowship from? We call them the house of God. Yes, objectively they are the house of God. But subjectively, the body of Christ, when we love God, when we keep his word, he has chosen to dwell among us, to dwell within us. He says we, sh- we shall come, we shall make our abode with the, with the, within you, with you. So when we love the Lord Jesus Christ and keep his word, he comes. He comes to make his abode. He comes to make his home with us. In other words, the, the, the home the Lord is talking about is, is more of something that is physical. The apostle Paul also prayed in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17. He prayed that Christ would make his home in our hearts. Christ made, will, will dwell in our hearts spreading from our spirit into our parts of the heart, into our minds, into our emotions, into our will, into our conscience. When Christ makes his home in our hearts, that means he has now come from the spirit and he has chosen to dwell in our hearts. But remember the heart is a part of the the soul. That means that uh, he has enlarged the the reality in our spirit has spread now into, into our what? Into... Our, our hearts, our, our parts of our hearts, our mind, our emotion, our will and conscience. Once our heart is saturated with God, our minds are filled with Christ, emotions are taken over with Christ, the will is taken over with Christ, the conscience is taken over with Christ, then Christ has received an abode. Christ has received a home to dwell in. Even today, the Lord is still seeking a home to live in. He's still seeking for those that love him, those that obey, those that keep his word, those that uh, can make the Father to feel free to come and abide in them. That means that we have, first of all, need of a spirit whereby we can easily uh, mingle with the God spirit. Then after getting a spirit, it is not yet a satisfying place. We have got to work upon our soul life. We have got to work upon our hearts. We have got to work upon our minds, our emotions, our will, our conscience, so that Christ might dwell in our hearts. That means that when he comes to live within us, he will not only live in the spirit. Already we have the spirit and we have the Holy Spirit in our spirit, but we have not yet become God's abode yet. Why? Because he needs even our hearts to become his home. He needs even our minds to be transformed, our emotions to be transformed, our will to be his will, our conscience to be aligned with the, with the good conscience, with the scriptures. Hallelujah for that. So if we have this truth, we will begin to love to build God a house by simply loving Jesus. 
by simply loving and obeying the word of God. If you want to build a house for God, simply love Jesus. If you want to make an abode for God, simply keep his word. Whenever we love God, uh, we, we love Jesus and keep the word of Jesus, then we are making an abode. The Father feels free to come in. The Father feels free to, to, to come and join us. Hallelujah for that. So, <clears throat> we see that the house of God, the dwelling place of God, is the church, which is built by Christ, growing into the believers and making his home in their hearts. Let us read Ephesians chapter chapter 2. Because we have got to know this, this reality. This is what is taking place. This is what is taking place in the church today. Whenever we come for fellowship, whenever we come and fellowship, there are several things that are taking place in the spiritual realm as realities. Ephesians says in chapter 2 verses 21, the Bible says, let us begin verses 20, okay? Uh, it says that, and are built. Okay, let us begin from verses 19, if possible. The Bible says, now therefore there are no more strangers. Uh, uh, ye are no more strangers. We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now the scripture says we are citizens and we are a household of God. Verse 20. And we are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That means we are built up by the word that came from the apostles and the word that came from the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now you see that the, 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 the components that uh, make up the building, Jesus is one of them. We are the one of them. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus being the chief cornerstone, in whom, Jesus, all the building, the building, fitly framed together, grows unto an holy temple in the Lord. And verse 22 says that, in whom you are also, ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, this is the process whereby God builds his household, whereby God builds his abode. God told David that only Christ can build his house and that he does not want a physical house of cedar. He says that he wants a house built by Christ, coming and building himself into us. Jesus has already come. He was once an incarnated Christ and he died. He resurrected to become a spirit Christ. Now he is able to live in us as the Jesus is a spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit, then we have even the spirit of Jesus. God does not want us to do anything on this building. He wants us, he wants Christ to make his home in our hearts so that we, with all the believers, could be his eternal dwelling place, the church. His eternal dwelling place, the church. This is what the Lord is looking at. This is what the Lord desires always. This is what the Lord every day desires when he, sh he sends the word like this one. When we share the scriptures, when we go for fellowship, when we come to fellowship and we commune together, there is a building that is taking place. The scripture has told us that we are no longer strangers. We are no longer foreigners. We are fellow citizens. We are saints. With the saints, and the Bible says, and we are the household of God. The question is, how is this house built? 
The answer is still in verses 20. The Bible says, and we are built. We are built. We are built. Glory to God. Whenever we hear the word of God, we are built. What are we building? What is being built into us? A house. We are built upon the foundation of the what the apostles taught, the apostles' teachings. We are built before, upon the foundations of the prophets and their prophecy concerning Christ. And whatever the apostles were speaking as their uh, teachings, whatever the prophets were prophesying, they were all making Jesus Christ the chief cornerstone. They are all speaking Christ. They are all pronouncing and announcing Christ. They are all prophesying Christ. And Jesus was the chief cornerstone of the message. Jesus is the chief cornerstone of the entire Bible. Without Jesus as the chief cornerstone, there is no building. David wouldn't build a house without Jesus. He wouldn't because he wouldn't. He wouldn't. If the house does not have a cornerstone, it can't stand. A cornerstone is that brick that is that's joining the the wall from this side to the wall from the other side that's that corner the the bricks that are in the corner they are so important important to the building that's why jesus is the chief cornerstone of this building any building without jesus is not the house of god any religion without jesus as their life and life supply is a building that does not belong to god anything that we do without jesus being the chief cornerstone is not his building hallelujah so he says i am the chief cornerstone in whom all the building whatever you are building can be fitly framed together then it grows the way that the building is built up is by growth in life if there is growth in life as believers that's what the bible says in second peter chapter 3 verses 18 but grow in grace and in knowledge there is a growth Every living thing grows. The way the building is is is, uh, is built up is by growth, uh, growth and framing together. Uh, it begins to grow into a holy temple in the Lord. We are growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. We increase in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are built up in Him, and in whom Jesus He also are builded together. Whenever we come and hear the word of God, we are builded together. In other words. Like the way um, the bricks are joined with the sand and cement, that's the way we are built up together with the word of God. When we come, we are separate stones that are supposed to be um, uh, built together, attached together. Now the word of God does the, the, the joinery. It joins us. And we are built together into an habitation of God through the spirit. And this is a wonderful teaching for us to know. Remember, Remember very well, the Lord says in his word that <clears throat> he says that, uh, can you, can you uh, uh, become my dwelling place? Hallelujah. So we see that the grace of God is revealing to us something today that is important. And this is what the grace of God is revealing to us. When Jesus said that abide in me and I abide in you, he's talking about how this abode is going to be like. Hallelujah. He says, I will come. We will come and make our abode in you. That, is that, that means that we are a house of God. When you look at these scriptures, you will see. He says that Christ wants to make our, his home in our hearts. Then that means that we, the, 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 the believers, are supposed to join up to become a body. I want to surprise you. When you are an individual, you can't be the body of Christ. 
you are only the member, a member of the body. That means that if you isolate yourself, if you don't fellowship, if you don't commune with your brothers, if you are not united with the church, you are a member. You can't be God's temple. You can't be God's house. Whereas the Holy Spirit says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit lives. When we talk about the dwelling place of God, we have got to combine and unite to become one. That's, what, that's why unity is so important. That's why uh, fellowship is so important. Communion is so important. Studying the word together is so important. Because that's when God begins, continues his work of growing the body, building the body together so that we are a building for God. I want you to decide today to love, to fellowship to love to be in church, to love to, 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 to love brothers, to live with them, to commune with brothers and sisters. And, and I, I pray that the Lord gives you the grace to love Him. You love Him by keeping the Word of God. You love Him by studying the Scriptures. You love Him by fellowshipping. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to the radio like Freedom Experience Radio. Listen to the radio that has got wonderful uh, uh, teachings and preachings. Yes, uh, and, and if you love the Lord and keep His Word, then the Bible says the Father will love you. And when the Father loves you, the Bible says we will come. We will come is uh, a plural that involves Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. He says we will come to him, to that person who has loved us, that person who has kept our commandments, and we will make an abode. It is not us who make the abode. That's why God told David, can anybody make for me a house? God himself is the one that makes an abode with us. Thank God that we are part of the building materials. Thank God that we are part of the work that is going on. Thank God that the Lord is doing a great work in the church today. <coughs> Hallelujah. So we are blessed with the one of teaching and I know that you think about it. I pray that you yield yourself to God. I pray that you, you submit to the word of God. I pray that you continue to share the word of God, to love him, to fellowship, to, to, to work upon your heart, your mind, your emotion, your will, your conscience, so that the Lord may enjoy your habitation. Hallelujah. There are some of us the Lord cannot enjoy us because our hearts are not yet right, our emotions, our minds, our will, our conscience, everything is not proper. But we come to the word of God so that we receive this work that the Lord is doing us uh, in us through the Holy Spirit in his word. God bless you with this wonderful teaching. I'm Pastor Dennis Matov Older from Kampala, Uganda, Freedom Experience Ministry. We love you. We believe in you. Check us on our website, www.freedomexperiencezone.com. Or you can visit us on Facebook, Freedom Experience Ministry. I request that you use our several applications from the, uh, the, the, the Play Store. You can check for Freedom Experience Zone app. You can check for, for, for Radio.net. You can check for Radio Line. You can check for Online Radio Box. All those applications do play our radio. Enjoy this wonderful music. Enjoy the teachings. Enjoy the preachings. Enjoy Freedom Experience. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Tune in next time. Amen. For more information or get more of these messages or donate to our ministry, contact us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry, or visit our website on www.freedomexperiencezone.com. 
or you can call us directly on class 256 777 8878 Thank you.